Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Buckle in for a long summer when it comes to the threat of flooding. That's what Governor Gavin Newsom told people yesterday in the San Joaquin Valley while standing atop a dirt levee holding back millions of gallons of flood water. KVPR's Joshua Yeager reports. The dirt levee is just outside Corcoran. It's an inland farm town that's now almost waterfront, as torrential rains revived to Larry Lake that was drained in the early 1900s. Behind the governor, water stretched as far as the eye could see. Only silos from a flooded farm interrupted the seeming ocean. When I'm placed like this, it's usually with the worst behind us, when in fact where we're standing likely will be underwater in a matter of weeks, if not months. That's because millions of gallons of melted snow are destined for the lake bed as the mercury soars. Despite a coming heat wave, officials say reservoirs will staunch the flows for now. For the California Report, I'm Joshua Yeager in Corcoran. Another effect from the snow melt, much of Yosemite National Park will be closed to the public starting on Friday due to flooding concerns. The eastern part of the park will remain closed until at least next Wednesday. Park officials say the western Yosemite Valley will remain open. The Eel River, which runs nearly 200 miles from Mendocino to Humboldt County, has been named one of the most endangered rivers in the country. Historically, the Eel has been home to one of California's most productive fisheries, including Chinook salmon and steelhead trout. Megan Quinn is with the advocacy group American Rivers. One of the major issues that those species are facing is an inability to access cold water refuge in a warming climate. There are two dams on the Eel River. Scott Dam and Cape Horn Dam, both of which together act as a total barrier to that high-quality habitat. Those dams are part of Pacific Gas and Electric's Potter Valley Hydroelectric Project. But the license for both dams recently expired, and PG&E has been ordered to come up with a decommissioning plan by this fall. Quinn says this gives federal officials the perfect opportunity to fully remove the dams and return the Eel River habitat to what it was. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Jason Flom. And you're Maggie Freeling. Hey, Jason. Every day we learn about another person who shouldn't be in prison. 58 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. So glad you're home. If you want to be part of this work, listen to Wrongful Conviction. The podcast where we hand the mic to innocent people to hear their stories. How do you send someone innocent to prison? Listen to new episodes of Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling and Jason Flom on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Later today in Sacramento, lawmakers will hold a hearing on legislation aimed at creating buffer zones between homes and huge warehouses and logistics centers where companies like Amazon store and distribute mountains of goods that a lot of us might order online. The state legislation is the latest development in an ongoing debate over warehouses and the health threats they might pose to people who live near them. The center of that debate is the Inland Empire east of Los Angeles. KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos reports. It's a sunny spring morning in Riverside, and Jen Larratt-Smith is walking through a field of yellow and purple wildflowers. So we're standing right behind my house. It's the home she shares with her husband and two kids. They moved here in 2011. Behind it, on this clear morning, bikers fly along the dirt trails and dog walkers meander among flowers currently in bloom. But Larratt Smith is worried it won't be an open space for long. When I look out in my backyard, I look out on the fields and on the military bunkers that they're planning to blast. So I'm right here on the edge, the periphery. This 360 acres used to be part of the March Air Force Base, and it's still dotted with the bunkers used to house munitions. It's now surrounded on three sides by suburban homes and a megachurch. To the east, it's a freeway, Interstate 215. Lorette Smith's home is on the edge of what could become a business park that includes more than 4 million square feet of warehouses, enough to comfortably house 69 whole football fields. If approved, the development would join more than 4,000 existing warehouses in the Inland Empire, which spans both Riverside and San Bernardino counties east of L.A. Yeah, the logistics industry has really taken over a lot of this region. Over time, we looked around and we were surrounded. Larratt Smith is part of a coalition of neighbors, environmental groups, researchers, and others who are pushing back against this proliferation of huge logistics centers. Earlier this year, they asked Governor Gavin Newsom to impose a moratorium on new warehouse construction here. They're also supporting the bill that would create a thousand-foot buffer zone, less than a quarter mile, between new warehouses and sensitive sites like homes, hospitals, and schools. Their argument? That these warehouses, which generate an estimated 200 million truck trips each year, shouldn't be right next to where people live and play. That the trucks clogging freeways and city streets are emitting dangerous chemicals, contributing to air pollution, and making people sick. And that most of the economic benefits of the warehouses aren't actually helping the Inland Empire anyway. Susan Phillips is a professor of environmental analysis at Pitzer College. She says low-income communities of color are bearing the brunt of these warehouses. You know, everybody we know who lives close to warehouses, they have asthma, their children have asthma, their kids get bloody noses when they play outside. Yet the proliferation of these giant industrial buildings has a lot of supporters, including virtually every chamber of commerce in the region and many labor unions. Most city councils and other government agencies have been happy to welcome the developments, citing jobs in trucking and logistics and at the warehouses, as well as the region's proximity to the busy Southern California ports. Adam Regley is with the California Chamber of Commerce, which is leading a coalition opposed to AB 1000, the 1,000-foot setback. He says that buffer is based on old science, with truck fleets becoming cleaner in recent years. And Regley argues that if the Inland Empire won't host these warehouses, they'll simply be built further from the coastal ports, and the trucks will still be driving these same highways. California's ports literally move 40% of the nation's goods. Those ports aren't moving. If you move the logistical use facilities farther and farther out, the irony is these trucks still will be coming to and from the ports. They will drive through those communities. 
Neighbors like Lorette Smith, though, say they've basically become a parking lot for the rest of the state and nation and are paying the price. They'd like to see a complete stop to new warehouse construction, but say for now, a thousand-foot buffer zone would be a good start. For the California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos in Riverside. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, Listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines their pursuit of good health. On the web at chcf.org lbca. Paint Care. Now with more than 850 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health on the web at 11thHourRacing.org. And that is the California Report for Wednesday, April 26th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a good day. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. I'm Jason Flom. And you're Maggie Freeling. Hey, Jason. Every day we learn about another person who shouldn't be in prison. 58 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. So glad you're home. If you want to be part of this work, listen to Wrongful Conviction. The podcast where we hand the mic to innocent people to hear their stories. How do you send someone innocent to prison? Listen to new episodes of Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling and Jason Flom on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.